You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Good evening, Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome to episode 20 of The Aftermath. I am your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my co-host, my good buddy, Christopher Tenpenny. How you doing, Chris? CJ, I'm doing great, my man. I mean, it's the best time of the year, and I know you may be thinking I'm talking about the holiday season, but I'm talking about the end of the NFL season when we get into the playoffs. How about those Chiefs? How about Another those dub. Chiefs? Another yeah. dub. We'll take it to it. You feel me? We keep stacking them as much. We always make it interesting, don't we? We keep our heart rates up the whole time. We're good for ratings, so we help Dude. ourselves, and we're good for the league. So, <laughs> Dude, beat the Saints 32-29, sixth consecutive one-score game. NFL records of winning NFL that many one score games in a row. Like wow, crazy. Dude, it's I mean, it's a heart like you said, it's a it's a uh heart raiser every week. But hey, at the end of the day, all that really matters is getting the dub. Um and I know we normally sit here and talk about a lot about the previous game, but with it being the holiday season, with this episode coming out a day later, we're actually gonna keep it keep it moving forward. We're gonna look ahead as the Chiefs will now play host the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday and this is a Falcons team that they ever since 2016 when they blew the lead to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl they're cursed, that's just bro. been their MO they're cursed <laughs> facts <laughs> I don't know who's worse them at the Chargers <laughs> yeah I mean I almost have to give the nod to the Falcons because the Chargers beat the Falcons earlier this know, year right? so um but definitely not a game that looks alarming on the stat sheet it seems like the Chiefs should easily handle that but we probably said that out four out of the last six games and they've exactly. all been one score so i don't know quite what to expect what are your initial thoughts about this no week? like you said they keep us on our toes for sure we could come in there i could see it the game going either way it could be end up being a close game because atlanta finds ways to keep games close because of their offense but i could see it being a blowout and us beating them by two or three possessions so like you just say you never know with this team it's up and down and we've had injuries and inconsistent play by certain players, which I'm sure you'll get into in matchups wise. But like you said, man, you never know with this team. So, but at the end of the day, we find ways to get wins. That's one thing we do know. Right. And an interesting layer to this game is the chiefs could already have the number one seed locked, uh, up. locked up before they even play. Like the, the Vikings and saints play on Christmas day. And the, if the saints win, that that makes the, that makes it impossible for the Bills or, or Steelers to win based on strength of schedule, and the Chiefs would already be the one seed before they even play the Falcons. How huge would that be, bro? That would be huge, especially for rest for certain players, especially our running back situation. Other guys on defense, we definitely need the, all the rest we can get because we want to get these guys ready for this January run. So that would be huge for sure, absolutely. Yeah, and the and the part the interesting thing is that is like how many how much do you take it easy like if you're already the one seed with two weeks and you're the only team getting a bye like you don't want to have a lot of rest yes fact but like that's my biggest concern (laughs) but like i think what's gonna happen my guess would be if the chiefs already have the one seed locked up and they basically do i mean even if the same even if the vikings uh here's you want to hear all the things that have to happen even if minnesota beats new orleans Detroit still has to beat Tampa. The Bengals have to beat the Texans. The Jaguars have to beat the Bears. The Browns beat the Jets. That one's easy. 
Um, and then the football team has to beat Carolina for KC to be the two seed. And they have to lose out. So there's a lot of things that have to happen. No facts. There's a lot of games that's good this week. So I don't I don't see that happening. That's a lot of scenarios that you need right? to try to get something <laughs> to happen. So I would, I would, if I was a betting man, I would not do that myself. Like you said, the Vikings got the Saints this week. As far as the AFC, the Steelers have kind of eliminated themselves the way they've been playing. They got to play the Colts this week. The Bills have a, have a tough game this week versus New England. Even though Stephon Gilmore hurt his knee on Sunday, Anytime you go into Bill's house in the, in the Gillette Stadium, that's always a tough game. So, like you said, the two teams that were really competing with for that number one seed as far as AFC purposes would have been like Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And Buffalo's on a hot streak. I'm not going to say they're they they could lose, they they're going to guarantee to win that game, but they could lose it as well. So, um, as long as we just handle our business, I think Andy's probably got the blinders on. Uh, handle our business this week, and then we'll, we'll we'll take care of that stuff accordingly when we get to week 17. But I think this week we'll play our starters regardless of what happens, execute the game plan, try to get them out early. Like handle our business by, would you think mid third quarter? Yeah, like like start the second half. If we handle our business and get up two, three, four possessions and start sitting the guys out, it's definitely on offense and help them get an extra week or two rest. Because like you said, man, I do not want to rest the guys too much. At most, I would say two weeks is the most you get. I really that and that and even two weeks scares me because we've seen guys just come out rusty, off sync and chemistry wise. So um, it's definitely something to be concerned. But I definitely expect uh, Andy to take into account protecting the players for sure. Well, the other layer to this, too, is the MVP race. Like, if Mahomes was only playing halves of a couple games or missing all of Week 17, like, that's basically handing the MVP to Aaron Rodgers. And I know I know, rings and Super Bowl MVP are much more important to not only the Chiefs fan base, but also Mahomes and Andy. Like, I get that. I get that that's what the main goal is. But those are still nice to have. Like, those, you know, you're still working for that hardware. You can see the where maybe that plays an effect to how much Mahomes plays. I mean, I think the play calling is going to be very vanilla regardless. I mean, you're not going to have to go deep in the playbook this week. I mean, Atlanta's one of the worst defenses in the league. I think they're giving up like 25-plus points every week. I mean, even though they got up 17 on the um, on Bucks, they gave up 21 in the third quarter. So <laughs> their defense right. have, and have been reeling this year. I know they don't have a lot of good cornerback play, not much of a pass rush either. But I like you said, you don't have to go deep in the playbook this week. It, I expect it to be very vanilla, very basic come out, try to exp- impose our will at the beginning of the game. Um, hopefully we can find some type of rhythm running the football, even though we were, we're losing a lot of guys up front for the big guys and we're losing guys in our backfield. So but we have to find some kind of consistency. So, But I expect EB and Andy to have a good game plan set up this week, but not to be too flashy. No, I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect any trick plays or any like end rounds and stuff like that. Probably, like you said, keep it simple. Go out there, handle business, get a dub, keep everybody healthy, the biggest thing, knock on wood, and then just get ready for, get ready for the playoffs, man. Yeah, the Falcons are the second-worst pass defense in the NFL. They're allowing 287.7 pass yards a game, and that's just to any quarterback they play. Not even you know, that's, not even, that's, not, that's not even including Patrick Mahomes. So, like, vanilla playbook or not, there's going to be some pass yards for Mahomes who uh, is continues to put up ridiculous numbers. Um, he's – 538 yards away from 5,000 yards. I mean, he get, he may get 400 of those in a, in in this in this Falcons game. So, I mean, I think the Falcons offense poses some problems, but the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs, like they have all year, should not have any issues at all with Atlanta's defense. There aren't defenses out there that can slow this down, and Atlanta certainly is not one of them. No, in fact, the only issue you really have is just – um, obviously, the concerns were obviously with Matt Ryan. It all starts with him and that offense and his weapons. 
Uh, you still got to respect the guys at the end of the day because those guys can put up 30 on anybody whenever they feel like it. They don't win a lot of games, but they oppose a lot of problems. Calvin Ridley is one of the best slot receivers in the league. If not, he's definitely a top 15 receiver to me. Julio Jones is arguably the best in the game. Then they have Hayden Hurst, another weapon. Um, they have, I know the running back situation is kind of hit or miss with Todd Gurley being in and out the lineup. But like you said, that offense is built to score points. They've done it. They've done it for years. That's just what they do, especially this time of year. They try to ruin team seasons and just go out there and try to sneak a win out of you and try to mess up your seeding. So, like you said, take everyone serious. Stay locked in. Uh, take care of our opportunities. Execute our opportunities when we have it and when we, when we have them and take advantage of it and just go out there and have that championship swagger that we've been talking about all year. It's that time of the year. So, and we had this conversation about two or three weeks, Chris, but it's that time we need to start flipping that switch and start dominating. So, I expect a big game from our defense this week, like to go out there and pose their will and get ready for that January run that we've all been talking about. Yeah, but that's that switch hasn't been flipped on the defense side. I mean, they give up they give up a late touchdown in every single game just to make right. the score close. I, I mean, think about it. They let Bru- Drew Brees march down the field. The week before that, they let Tua march down the field. The week before that, Drew Locke, I don't think – the Chiefs' offense was weird that game. But the week before that, they let, what, the Raiders drive down the field and Tampa drive. Like, every game that – Carolina scored 30-some points and actually had like a 67-yard field goal attempt from winning. Like, And that's because the defense – for whatever reason, it doesn't matter how they play. It doesn't matter if we think they played really good for three and a half quarters or really bad. You can almost guarantee that that last offensive drive in a two-score game is going to result in points for the other team. And that could really be an issue going down into the playoffs. No, facts. We have to get that figured out. And like you said, we've had all the opportunities. We show flashes. It'll be first, second quarter. Maybe we're playing pretty solid, and then like the second half, we just start reeling and start giving up points, or it'll be vice versa. We give up a lot of points in the first half, and then we flip it on in the second half. But like you just said, man, they they, they got to figure it out because, like you said, versus elite quarterback play in the playoffs, stuff like that gets you beat, like you just said. So the defense has to figure something out. I know the secondary's been getting better. I know it's oddly not where we want it to be compared to where it was last year. But Juan's starting to get back in his groove. I wish he was playing more snaps, but he's still uh, playing better. Obviously, Tyron's going to do what Tyron does. Um, Dan's getting a lot of his uh, getting a lot of his reps, especially we're doing big nickel. They're putting him in there next to Ben Neiman. He's another conversation for another yeah. day. But um, but hey, what do you think about your guy, Mister Sneed? Bro, bust a breakout game, dude. I mean, he's he's been solid all year. He's just say, like, as far as this game, he had a sack, he had a pick, dude. Man, they yeah, only the only the only bad thing that Sneed did all game was turn his head. He guessed which way to turn his head, and he picked wrong. If he picks, if he turns his head around the other way on that touchdown pass. That's a knockaway or a pick. He just he just turned his head the wrong way, and he played phenomenal. That's what I was breakout game, man. He played crazy. Yeah. That's easy. His best game of the year. Easy. Right, right. I mean, um, I don't even know. I mean, uh, Brashad Breeland also had a really good game, which is really nice that we had a couple corners playing well. But Sneed had so again. I know I like to use Pro Football Focus as a as a just a snapshot. You know, I don't take it for everything. You know, it's not my the end all be all, but. He had a 90.3 grade. He, T, Drew Brees was one for six when targeting him, including an interception and two pass breakups. He had two pressures and a sack. Like, dude was versus, like, we already know he's one of the best tacklers. We've talked about how the Chiefs have maybe the best tackling corners in the NFL. Add in the interception and the, and the uh, sack, and this dude, like, this is a playmaker. This is a steal the Chiefs found in the fourth round this year. No facts. That's just another good corner that we found later rounds and added to the list of guys that <clears throat> Brett, excuse me, that Brett has found. Added to Fenton, who was a steal, Chavarius, 
Undrafted is short various. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So all the guys, like when the, besides like the only the highest drafted corner was uh, was a breezy, and we didn't even draft him. We traded for him. So all of our corners, we just find ways to find hidden gems, and that and that's what you have to do with that position because it's hard to find elite cornerback play. Because when you find elite corners, usually they don't people don't let them go. <laughs> they get signed to a lot of money. So. Now we we found another gym in Sneed, and we and we called it. We a lot of us called. I think it was you and Caleb called this in the summer that he would probably be one of the breakout guys towards the end of the year. So I'm glad I'm glad he's doing what he's doing because we're definitely going to need it because we're going to face a lot of good passing attacks uh, in the playoffs. So hey, the more corners we have, the more depth we have, the better for sure. Well, because they played him at free safety his senior year in college, and this dude is exactly. a corner. Like he can play safety if you need him to, but, but he's yeah. a corner. Facts. So, so and he's shown that he's a corner. Um, but from from a breakout guy to a guy who is just, I love this player, and he gets a lot of hate on uh, from Chiefs Kingdom just because of the amount he's playing, getting paid. And I'm not talking about talking about five five. I'm talking about five three. Anthony Hitchens is just, he's had such a weird season. I remember those first few weeks where it wasn't just Ben Neiman we were singling out; it was Damian Wilson and Hitchens. Like the linebacking core was terrible. And then Hitch and Damian went on this kind of roller coaster road where they were playing really well. Like they were, they, you know, they weren't world beaters, but they were above average good linebackers making the plays you wanted to. But ever since Damian Wilson went out the last two weeks, Anthony Hitchens has been the 85th ranked linebacker out of 87 qualified linebackers the last two weeks. Like he lost his partner in crime and just completely regress from what we saw for the previous 10 weeks or so like i just i don't understand i understand why he's been playing so bad all of a sudden we've already got enough linebacker troubles Bro, we're talking about Neiman Neiman and gay. <laughs> yeah Neiman's we're talking about Neiman and gay and you know playing time and now you got to throw damian wilson's hurt and because damian wilson's hurt anthony wilson's playing like anthony hitchens excuse me he's playing like crap like the linebacking core has just been a mess all season no facts bro it's, it's been up and down all year for those guys and now we're getting towards the end of the season we expected those guys to get a little bit better and they're regressing and then did you see the snap difference after, after the game for like the snap the snap count for all the linebackers why has been why, why is willie gay getting the least amount of snaps i'm not saying he has to get the most but why is he getting the least that's what i don't get there's no way Willie Gay should be finishing the game with like I think he had like twenty some snaps. There's no way, bro. He's he's too talented. He's too he's too physically gifted to be getting twenty some snaps. That's literally like five snaps a quarter. That's terrible. It's like one drive each quarter. Like what? I don't know what Spags is seeing. Even with the injuries, his snap count should go up. His snap count should not be staying the same or getting lower. There's no way. Well, they're only playing three linebackers too, which is is not that uncommon in in today's NFL with a lot of nickel and dime packages. I mean, we wouldn't pass heavy. That's where we saw Dirty Dan in there, but still, I'd much rather have Dan and Willie than Dan and Neiman. No disrespect, but come on, man. Yeah, Willie Gay played in twelve snaps on the actual defense. He played in thirty two total, but twenty of those came on special teams. So he played on twelve snaps on defense, which is good for twenty two percent. Anthony Hitchens played in thirty three snaps, which is good for sixty percent. And Ben Neiman played in forty seven. So Neiman wasn't an issue. He didn't stand out. I I thought Kamara was going to have a day in the past game. Drew Brees, Brees, yeah, Drew Brees was so bad that Ben Neiman and it was not even an issue. In the past game, and I am so thankful for that because of a good Drew Brees. What would it And yeah, that may have been a completely different story. So this week, I'm staying off the Neiman train, even though I brought him up a few times, just because he wasn't an issue. But it still is glaring to look at these linebacker numbers. And the guy that, again, small sample size, but continually grades out to be the best in his sample size, not getting snaps. I mean, it's the most talked about thing in Chiefs 
Kingdom this week because it's the most baffling. It's the thing that makes the least amount of sense, even less sense than the Marcus Robinson getting snaps, even less sense than don't get me started. Frank Clark not He's, Frank Clark yeah. not playing well. Like that is the number one thing that does not make any sense. It is that you spend a second round draft pick on the best coverage linebacker in the draft, and, and you, you won't put him out there. So. <laughs> exactly, that's my thing. Chris, we're in weeks 15, 16, bro. We're still not using him. Like, you ain't figured that out yet. If this kid can't carve out a role now, then why is he there? He's shown flashes. We know he can play, but you ain't even increasing the reps to see if he can even handle the load. If you're not even giving him the opportunity, then why even put him out there? If, if he can't play, then you're not going to give him opportunities in practice or snaps on special teams. We see him make flashes on special teams. He makes plays. When he's on defense and he's out there, he makes plays. But if you're not going to increase his workload, then what's, what's the point? Like, he clearly knows he's the most talented guy in there. Eventually, you got to at least see if he can at least like we have two games left against teams that we should beat by multiple possessions. Correct. Right. So if I'm Spags, why not give Willie the chance to show me what he can do when he plays a big workload, even more almost like the entire game? Let me see what he can do. I'm not saying it has to be the the, the resume for the playoffs, but these two games are almost like numbers like resume games are almost like tryout games to see what can you do if I gave you the lead role. Like put the put the mic on his helmet. Let's see what he can do. Not saying he has to be the middle linebacker for every drive, but at least see if he can like lead the team if he had to call a defense. But if you don't give him a chance to try to lead the linebacking core, we're never going to see what he fully can do until push comes to shove, like worst case scenario, somebody gets hurt, and all of a sudden then you want to do it. How about you just do that right now? Dude, dude, that that is a great point. Like, and again, that's all Chiefs fans want is want to see him get a fair shot. And yeah, if you have an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, and I don't want to say you have nothing to lose because there's always injuries and you always want to be playing your best football in, in December before the playoffs. But you basically have nothing to lose this year as far as playing Willie Gay over Ben Neiman through the last two games of the year. So, like, so I mean, I also want to see Bo Keepies or what, you know, who, how do you say his name? Uh, the corner that we yeah. took. I want to see him get some snaps at the cornerback position. See how he does in coverage against even – I mean, I don't know if I want him to go in against Calvin Ridley, but, you know, just on no, the field yeah. with Matt Ryan throwing the ball, like right. just to see just to see what he's got. Like I think there's some interesting opportunities for the Chiefs to really play with their defense, really see what they've got, really see how these guys play against – again, like him or hate him. Matt Ryan's had a very good NFL career. He's an NFL MVP. Like – See, see what, the, see what they've got. And if the Chiefs somehow lose to the Falcons because they got to see what their uh, draft picks or what some of their um, depth guys do against this team, I wouldn't be mad about it at all, if that was the reason. No, this now if they're playing Ben Neiman and all these other guys and oh, all their God. stars, and they lose to the Falcons. No. That's a different story. But this is the perfect week to get guys reps and get guys ready. Like you said, there's really nothing to lose. Guys have the one seed pretty much single-handedly locked up. So why not give guys some burn and give your other starters some rest and get them ready for the for, for the our whether it be the second round of playoffs that we get to buy. So like you said, man, this is the perfect opportunity and coaches have to take advantage of that. And I would think that Andy E B and even Spags would even see what's what's going on. We have an opportunity here to get guys some reps and get them not only ready physically but mentally to see what they can handle if it comes down to crunch time situations and they had to play. So like you said, man, this this is a great opportunity and they should definitely take advantage of it. So let's be under the ins- uh, assumption that the Chiefs just play everyone, treat it like a normal game. Even if they already have the ones locked up, they just treat it like a normal game. What is your score prediction against Atlanta this week? Uh, no bad weather this weekend, correct? And I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be like 45, 50 degrees. So, hey, no no snow Christmas, Kansas City, no white Christmas. So <laughs> a, good, right. a good, good weather game, good football weather. 
I expect to go if, – if our starters, like you said, our starters play the whole game, a normal game, I would say – what's the line right now? Give me the line. Ooh, I don't have the lineup. Give me, give me one second. But I mean, with the with the with as bad as the Falcons' defense is, I can't imagine it's going no, to be. It's not, I, I got you. The, the Chiefs are eleven point favorites with the over under of fifty four. So both of those are pretty big. I will definitely take the over because Atlanta's a high scoring offense. They're definitely going to score, and they do a lot of garbage time points. And our defense has been giving up points, so I'll definitely take the over. Uh, that's about what twenty five, about twenty seven points each. Oh yeah, that, that definitely take the over. Um, and for the, will we cover the spread? I say we, I say we don't cover. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, I think we may pull out, pull up. We may pull off at the end. Maybe like, I mean, it's seven. It's hard to say they're going to cover because they have, they haven't won by more than two scores in, in, uh, Six weeks now. Exactly, they haven't so. covered it forever. So why start now? So, yeah. Well, they did cover last week because it was it was two and a half points. Yeah, so yeah two and a half. So technically, yeah. <laughs> so they did technically cover, but that was just because they were playing a good team and exactly. was close. Most teams they don't. So yeah, I'll, I'll say they don't cover, but I will take the over for the fifty four. Definitely, absolutely. I can see Atlanta going in there putting up twenty five on our the way our defense has been playing and the way mm-hmm. Matt Ryan throws that football all over the field. I could easily see that for sure. All right, all right. So you're taking the over, but not taking the cover. What's the actual score? My actual score prediction: Chiefs win, obviously. Thirty-three, twenty-six. All right, that's that's a good prediction. I, I'm I'm on board with that. Um, but I think I think the the Chiefs are done with people talking. I think I I think there's going to be a switch at least on the offense, even hey, with the vanilla play call. Got it. Falcons. The Falcons' offense or defense, excuse me, is so bad. I don't care that the Chiefs have hurt uh, linemen. I don't care that the Chiefs aren't going to probably call too many things crazy. I like it if again this is if all the starters play the whole game, thirty-eight to twenty-four. I think they're going to put on a, on a show. I think they're going to put up some p- points. I think Mahomes throws for four hundred and four hundred yards and four touchdowns, like Aaron Rodgers did against this defense, and officially puts the MVP question out of race he can even sit out or only play a half in week 17 and he's going to be an mvp that's my prediction is that they go out with a bang knowing that week 17 is going to be a uh a, uh you know walkthrough game so no facts i could easily see them scoring 38 i thought about that for a minute but i was like mm, andy may take his foot out they may get up yeah, yeah. Right? But like once they get past 30 30 or 33 i think andy may let up like he usually does but if he wanted to solidify that MVP, which I'm sure Pat should look at him and be like, hey, if I go out there and get another tug, this can help me get that trophy. So I hope he does. <laughs> I hope you're right. I would I would much rather have your prediction come true than mine. So I'm, I hope yours is right, buddy. Well, and now we've got a couple things to get in before we get out of here. Did you see the Pro Bowl roster? I did see the Pro Bowl roster. Almost our entire offense is on there. <laughs> right, right. It got seven. And with Mitch Schwartz missing all the year, I mean, he would have been on there had he oh, not yeah, missed facts. the season. So. I think we, we had the most tied with who? It was us, Green Bay, and who else did we tied with? Who else had seven? So I, I forget who else had seven. It but was us, Green Bay, and one other team. I forgot who it was. Uh, um, and But let's be honest. Let's be honest, man. The Chiefs had six Pro Bowlers. I mean, like, yeah, because there ain't no no disrespect. I love my dog five five, but he was not a Pro Bowler this year. He is not so, a Pro. Are you telling me there's not a another defensive end that people could vote for? Like, I know that Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett, they're the two ahead of him. Those guys hundred percent deserved it. Landslide, like, had no question to be on there. You couldn't find a third guy though. Like, you, it seems like fans just got lost. Like, 
they knew to vote for those two. And so they had no idea who to vote for as the third DN. Probably didn't even Clark just got in. (laughs) Facts. They probably didn't even look at nobody else, bro. They were like, eh, let's just go with Frank. I'm like, I don't think that's a good decision. (laughs) That makes no sense. You know, uh, you know what actually kind of blew my mind was that um the uh Ravens defensive end. Um I never know how to say his name, but like Ningakwe. Yannick Ngakwe, yeah. Yeah, who's was started in, in Jacksonville. Went to Minnesota and then ended up in Baltimore all this season, like moved around like crazy. He there was the the trade from Baltimore to Minnesota was like if he's a pro bowler, the Vikings lose out on like their fifth or sixth round draft, like something minor, not huge. But because the Vikings would have lost that, they had the Jaguars, the Ravens, the Lions, Packers, and Bears, all those fan bases were allegedly voting like crazy to get him into the Pro Bowl. They wanted and, Frank, and, Frank, <laughs> and Frank Clark still made it into the with, the, with five sacks and luckless. Like, it just makes no sense how this – I mean, the coaches had to pick him. Like, that's the only thing that's that makes sense on why he's in, in the lineup. Because there's, there's no way he should be – no disrespect to Frank. He is a Pro Bowl-type player, but this year you were not a Pro Bowler. Bro. Oh, he, would, he would even admit that. So, there's yeah. no, no cap, no shame in that. It's just the fact of the fact. So – and it's obviously like guys that and like a lot of people will probably yell at you. What about TJ Watt? Well, technically he's an outside linebacker for the right. And so right. when you think of pass rushers, you think of guys like obviously TJ Watt is not only a pro bowler, he's in the defensive player of the year conversation. Miles Garrett's having a great year, even with the COVID thing, knocking him out. Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa. And then you have, I, love, I love Joey Bosa. I know I'm not supposed to, I know I'm not supposed to like, Charger players, but I Chargers, love watching yeah. Joey. I love watching Joey. No, him, and, him, and, him and Nick are dogs, bro. I don't agree yeah. with some of the things they've done off the field, but on the field, <laughs> dogs, bro. You can't you can't deny what they do on the field. Him and Nick are right. great, bro. No, they they right. their family has some good genes. But no, we had like you said, man, we had a lot of guys make it to the Pro Bowl, even though there's not technically a Pro Bowl this year, but just for voting purposes, we had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, we had Tyree Kill at receiver, Travis Kelsey, Eric Fisher, our left tackle. Who else we had? Chris Jones at D tackle, Frank Clark at DN. We had Tyron Matthews. Honey Badger. Yeah, yeah, Honey Badger. So, yeah, so we had a good list. Most of the guys that we paid most of our money made the Pro Bowl, so that's good. Not only do we recognize their greatness and what things they've done this year, but the fans recognize what they've been doing on the field as well. So maybe a little bit too much when it comes to Frank. But, again, <laughs> we, we show why we have one of the better uh, better rosters in football on both sides of the ball. So uh, definitely a shout-out to those guys. Testament to their hard work. Congratulations. And um, yeah, we just have to just keep it going, man. Get ready for this. Get ready for these playoffs, man. We got these two games to get locked in physically, mentally. Get guys ready for the playoffs because it's hard to go back to back, man. Who was the last team to go back to back for the Super Bowl? Was it Seattle? No, Seattle went to back to back. They didn't win it. Who was the last team right now? Back to back. It was the Patriots in 03 and 04. Boy, 03, 04 is twenty twenty. That was sixteen years ago. That's a long time. Some of y'all who listen probably weren't even born when that happened. So. <laughs> Right, right. So, I mean, we're, that's, we're, we're about to make history for this decade for sure. So we definitely got a, a big challenge ahead of us, but I'm excited for the opportunity, man. There's This is the team I believe that can definitely do it. So no doubt in my mind, if they go out there, stay healthy and do what they're supposed to do, we'll, we'll be going down to Tampa and leave, leaving champions. So. Yeah, for sure. But back to the, the point you real, made real quick. Literally, you nailed it on the head. Um, six of our highest seven paid athletes made the Pro Bowl. Now Hitchens and LDT are pay have bigger contracts than the Honey Badger, so that's the separation there. Mm-hmm. But Mahomes, Clark, Jones, Kelsey Hill, and Fisher are the six highest paid guys, and they're all on the on the Pro Bowl roster. Like that's, I mean, agree with it or not? I mean, again, Frank Clark should not be on there, but like that's pretty impressive that the money the Chiefs are invested 
are playing at an elite level, at least five of them. And Tyron's still in the top 10. So like, I'm, and one of the guys between them sat out. So really we just need to get Hitch and Frank Clark playing on the same page and we'll have all of our top guys <laughs> uh, money-wise playing at a Pro Bowl level. That, you can't, a lot of teams can't say that. No, we like I said, all those guys have the talent. We just have to go out there and just do it. That's all I mean. We've right. been waiting on it the past couple of weeks. Like, hey, man, we're about to try to go on this run. In January, we need the guys to flip that switch. And you said it's going to happen this week. I, I We had a preview of it in Miami because I said Chris and Frank were going to both get a sack. And I thought that would have propelled them to have a dominant game when we went down yeah. to New Orleans. But obviously, they didn't feed off that juice. So hopefully, this home game. Um, that we have versus Atlanta, and then we obviously have another one coming up against the Chargers again. So hopefully these games can get us going. So if, if everything stays in set in stone the way it is, we won't have a road game. So until we go down to uh, a neutral game, we'll be down when we go down to Tampa. So a lot a lot of games in front of Arrowhead, in front of our fans, in front of our faithful. So go out there and handle our business. And like you said, I hope they flip that switch this week, Chris. I hope they do, buddy, because <laughs> it's, it's right. that time. So Tyron said it itself, championship swagger. So we got to start showing it, man. We got to go prove, got to go prove, put our money where our mouth is for sure. You know, if the Chiefs uh, take care of business, you know when their next uh, quote unquote road game will be? Road game? Next, like true road game? When would that be? No, not true road game, just like not at Arrowhead. Just not at Arrowhead. It'll be the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's that's the that's yeah. the, if they take care of business, that's the next time that they will not play at Arrowhead. Will be in the Super Bowl, and coincidentally, if they went out this year and make it to the Super Bowl, I believe if they win the Super Bowl again, they can't lose the rest of the year. That will be Andy Reid's hundredth career win as a Kansas City Chief. Would be his sec back to back Super Bowl. Man, that's a hell. Of a lot, a lot can happen between now and then, but that's kind of just like little, you know. Ex- milestones that could potentially happen if the Chiefs are able to finish this thing off. No, that's a that's a that's a that's a hell of a storyline for the for the papers and for the writers. You win your right. Super Bowl, that's also a hundredth win. Boy, I know he. I know they're gonna. I know they're gonna beat that question to death in the playoffs and start asking about it. He's gonna try to blow it off, and then that'd be a great accomplishment. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it. It almost gets diminished. Like if it is not not diminished. Like. You know, it'd be awesome, but it like that's almost becomes an afterthought in the papers. You know, like no one who cares that it's a hundred win. The Chiefs just won back to back Super Bowls. You know, first franchise to do it in almost twenty years. While if say they lose one of these next two games, then week one next year that becomes a storyline, and then it gets beat with a dead horse. So um, I I hope that it kind of gets swept under the rug because we're talking about a Super Bowl. You know. No facts, uh, but you know how it is. Every time in the playoffs, people start reporters find any kind of question that becomes like a hot take or that's like a hot topic. So people always figure out ways to ask you something, whether it be a milestone, a challenge, something you haven't done, something you need to do, something you think is going to hold you back, distractions, anything. So definitely you always try to prepare yourself in the locker room. Like, hey, we have to stay locked in mentally, keep the main thing the main thing because people are definitely going to try to distract you with other questions and other storylines and stuff like that. So just like last year, remember when they were talking about Andy trying to finally win the big one and he finally got that monkey off his back. So uh, every year it's always something that's just, that's just the media's job is to try to find story. Even though it's an amazing accomplishment, like you said, hundredth win in the, in your back-to-back Super Bowl, back-to-back rings. No, that, that would be an amazing story, but I'm sure Andy's trying to keep the guys locked in. And I know they, they know, I know they, they feel the moment. They know what to do when, when it's time to show up. So. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. But 
All right, well, we're going to wrap up here, but before we get out of here, you know we always got to do our our, th- our thing, and I know Christmas is right around the corner. By the time you listen to that, it, it may be already here, but uh, CJ, still, it's never too late to uh, do what for your loved ones? you got to get that merch, man. you got to get them a Christmas gift, whether it be you're giving – you always give different types of gifts. You give emotional gifts, you may give physical gifts, spending time, whatever the case may be. Every family does different things, but if you do want to give your family some Chiefs Kingdom love, there ain't no better way to do it than giving them some merch. And you know where they get it from, Chris. ShopArrowheadLive.com. That's all you need to do. Once you go there, the rest is easy. It's like a layup, bro. Once you get that gear, you're going to feel like Mahomes once you put it on. You're going to feel invincible. Or you're going to feel unguardable like Kelsey. Or you're going to feel like the fastest man in the league like Tyreek Hill. So once you get this merch, you're really going to feel like you're on the team. So basically, do what you need to do. Go to the site. Get some merch. Support us. Support the people. Support the kingdom. And thank us later. It's, 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 it's really a Christmas gift to you. You're welcome. For sure. And you know, one of my favorite things in the store, it's a little on the pricer side, but uh, there's they have the run print where it's uh, against Tennessee last year in the AFC oh, championship yeah. game. The they've got that. <laughs> they've got all like all six, all six key moments of that run, including the celebration with KC, the wolf with the flex at the end. It's actually pretty cool. So, and you want to, so it's, it's not just clothes. It's also memorabilia and other things that look really cool in your man cave. And uh, whether you're buying it for yourself or, or, or a friend or whatnot, uh, definitely go check it out. You may find something you just like, and we always appreciate the support. So, and for, and again, we're about done here, but uh, we love to hear from you guys on, on social media. Always love talking chiefs. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 penny 88, or you can follow the podcast itself. Never miss when one of these podcasts come out at case or at aftermath underscore KC. Uh, we got polls on there. We got we got all kinds of stuff that uh, try to interact with the fans. CJ, where can people find you directly? You can reach me on any social media outlet at CJEEZY81, CGZ81. I'm always available, like Chris said, to talk football, sports. I'll cover other things such as basketball as well. So any guys down to talk Chiefs football, college football, NFL prospects. I know we got some things coming up soon as far as like the NFL draft scouting, even though it's kind of weird this year with a lot of guys not playing. We have a lot of content available for everyone beyond Chiefs football. So even though this is what we love to do, we always try to expand our minds. So always down to talk to the people. I love interacting with you guys for sure. For sure, for sure. Well said, my man. Well, that's going to do for us. We hope all of you have a very Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate this time of the year. We hope it's a great time. I know it hasn't been a perfect year, but uh, it's time to reflect and uh, be around the ones you love. Or at least, you know, maybe with the COVID, maybe at least – through zoom or or face calls or just interacting with the ones that you care about so exactly stay safe everyone like you said be with your loved ones be appreciative of what we have it could be a lot worse than where we're at right now be thankful be happy be blessed and everybody stay safe for sure please and we will talk to you next time cheese to the chief's kingdom you guys are world champions once again Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!